In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Please be seated. My dear friends, for a priest, there is nothing more important than the family. The family is, you could say, the combat unit. And the priest, if he is um, an officer in charge of the, the army of God, you could say, or part of it, well, the family, the combat unit is the most important thing for him. Today, there would be room to preach about many things, and I would love to, but I wanted to preach about a topic that I usually don't, and that would be future families. That is to say, how do we support, how do we help those who are in the process of beginning a Catholic family? In other words, those who have the vocation of marriage, but are not there yet. I thought this was important. If you think about it, thankfully in our congregation, thanks to the bishop, thanks to the priests that live with him uh, back in the day, it's very easy to follow a religious vocation. If you're a sister, if you want to be a sister, if you want to be a brother, if you want to be a priest, there is barely any obstacles in your course from our part. And it's very easy for you to follow that vocation. Not so with marriage. With marriage, unfortunately, it's difficult. In the world, there are many obstacles. We don't really have many facilities for the people that have this vocation to find a, a suitable spouse. And that's why I think it's very important to preach about it today. Before I do so, I'm going to try to make the sermon as short as possible. I'm going to go fast. But before I go into the topic, it's important to point out marriage and religious life are not the only two options. There is another option, which is to keep virginity, to keep chastity in the world. That is also a beautiful vocation. It is better than marriage, more perfect than marriage. And that should be mentioned as well. But let's go into marriage and, and the vocation to, to be married. I want to speak first of a few rules that as young people we should have, give you some guidelines, and then we will talk about the role of us as adults to help them in these regards. And when I say rules, don't be scared. I figure if there are some young people in here, maybe they're nervous already thinking, oh no, what is father going to say? No, let me say this first. All the guidelines that are given you, all the rules, even prohibitions that I might mention, they are all for your benefit. No one else benefits from them but you. Your parents don't get any rewards if you marry Pedro or if you marry Juanito or whoever else, uh, unless one of them has more inheritance, I suppose. But other than that, they don't really care. These rules are for your welfare, for your sake. I want to point out something else that I think is useful for young people to understand. These rules are not merely Catholic. They belong to the teaching of the Catholic Church because they are true and good. But even if you were not Catholic, if you were just a decent human being, these rules would apply to you. Why do I say that? Because you might go at some point and say to your mom or your dad, oh, you know, being Catholic is so hard and this and that. And no, no, no. This is not even Catholic. This is just normal standards, normal moral standards for human beings. And I think that's useful to understand. Well, let me first begin by this. As a young person, you have to understand that marriage does not exempt you from purity. What do I mean by that? Oftentimes when we're young, we think, well, I either, I'm either pure or I get married. 
That's a totally bizarre notion. No, marriage is not an escape of purity. Within marriage, you also have to practice purity. Sometimes in a harder way. And that's, that's useful for you to understand as a young person. Whether if I become a priest, or a religious, or I stay in the world, or I get married, I always have to achieve that beautiful virtue of purity and chastity. It's always good for me to get it. I need to get it. So that's one point. Every young person that is 16 or 17 years old, sometimes eight years old, uh, starts thinking of how they want to date. They fall in love with this person, you know, this young man or young woman. But you have to ask yourself a question. When is it suitable for me to date? When should I start this process of trying to find a spouse? And I'm going to give you, I cannot go through everything. We don't have the time for it. But I just want to give you one important factor. Before you begin dating, you should be mature. And that maturity has to be fourfold. It has to be in age. It has to be economical. It has to be emotional. And it has to be spiritual. Age, taken for granted, economical, you know what I mean. What do I mean by spiritual and emotional? By spiritual, I mean that if you are going to start dating, you should be firm in your faith and in your morals. When you start getting into a marriage, that means that you are committing yourself, especially if you are the man, you're committing yourself to teach the faith to other people and to enforce morals in a unit. Therefore, you have to be strong. You have to be steady to be able to do that. You have to be well informed about your faith enough to be able to pass it to others. No different, or well, a bit different, but it's analogous to becoming a priest. You will have a spiritual responsibilities over other people. And that means you have to be prepared in that way. It's interesting when you think about this, how for marriage it is required that you are confirmed. That means it's not enough for you to be a child of God through baptism. You have to be a soldier of Christ in order to be married. Sometimes that's not possible. You can still be married if, if there's a dispensation, but usually that's required because you're supposed to be very strong in your faith already. I want to emphasize also the emotional part. If you want to start dating, you should be already a person that is emotionally stable. What does that mean? that you don't let your emotions swing you back and forth, that if I'm very happy, I go this way, and then I'm very sad, and I go the other way, that if I have a fight with someone, I just blow up, and I don't know how to control it, that if I'm sad, I say I'm not going to do my duties, I don't want to talk to so-and-so, that if you face difficulties in your work or somewhere else, you say I'm giving up. All of those things betray emotional immaturity. And you should not date until that's taken care of. You might say, Father, I'm never going to be perfect. You're saying that I should, I should only date if I'm perfect. No, at least have the basics. And let me convince you. Let me give you an example to convince you. When you are dating, you are presenting yourself, let's say, as a product to someone. You're saying, I offer you this that I am. But you know that you cannot offer someone a product that is incomplete? Which one among you would say, I'm going to make this cake and I'm going to put all the, all the ingredients and the flour and the sugar and all the stuff 
and I leave it in the fridge all soggy and wet. And then I bring it out and I say to someone, here's my cake, eat it. But it's not baked. Oh, don't worry about it, it's still good. No, I will worry about it when I have to go to the bathroom. You wouldn't do that. If you work in construction, you would not go to someone and say, well, I put the beams, put the foundations, here's your house. Where is the roof? Well, it's not ready yet. What about the walls? Not done yet. Don't worry about it. We'll do it as we go. Of course not. You would say, I have to finish the product before I give it to you. Well, when it comes to you in dating, you have to finish the product that you are in order to be able to offer it to someone else. Otherwise, it makes no sense. But I really want to date. I fell in love with this person. You know, I, I, I think, you know, my feelings are too hard, too strong. Finish yourself. Wait. Finish yourself so that you have something to offer. If you fail to, fail to do this and you insist in going into a romantic relationship when you are not mature, it is as if you were taking a commitment to something that you don't have the resources for. Let me give you another example, young people. Maybe there's someone right now saying, I don't care, I'm gonna go dating. Well, put it this way. Would you go and sign a lease or a, a, a contract to buy a house that is worth $400,000? Well, I don't have the money for that. What would happen if you, if you sign it? I'll go to jail. Exactly, because you don't have the resources for it. In the same way, you should not undertake a commitment in dating when you don't have the resources to fulfill that commitment first. Now, don't get depressed. We're gonna go to the, the options that we have and what should we do as we're preparing for that stage. But before I go into that, let me give you one, one quick story. There was a, a French man, he was a writer, very, very intelligent man. His name was Count of Montalembert. And he, he lived in France around the 1800s. He worked in a magazine with another, with a priest, uh, Lacordaire, and another, another very smart young man. And this magazine was very successful. Soon enough, it was going around the world. People were talking about them. They were coming up with these new ideas about the church. Well, this magazine made, it, made its way to the Pope, Gregory XVI. And they went to the Pope to talk about it. And soon after that conversation, the Pope sent a notice to them telling them, you have to shut down your magazine. The ideas that you're proposing are wrong. This, is, this has to be shut down entirely. For these men, that meant the destruction of their work, their life's work. It was so bad that the priest himself fell from the faith, devastated by what happened. Montalembert was, you could say, not fully mature yet, but he was wiser. And he decided, I'm going to mature. He was single. So he took a, a spiritual trip, a spiritual pilgrimage about Germany, looking at the churches. And he went to the churches where you see the statues defaced, the altars broken, the relics thrown away. He was very impressed by the damage that Protestantism has done in Germany. One of these churches was the Church of St. Elizabeth of Hungary. And he sort of fell in love with St. Elizabeth in a certain way. He started researching more about her. He went into the castles to try to find files about her in order to write her life because he was amazed at what an impressive saint this was. 
he ended up writing about a life which we have brought to the bookstore here. And through that process, that journey, he realized that just as St. Elizabeth had come through those hardships and became a saint, he could also get back and redo his life. He wrote this novel, not novel, actually it's a biography. He was very successful. He went all around the world. One day he gets a letter from a lady. She is the, the only descendant of St. Elizabeth. He comes to meet this lady, now mature, now spiritually, emotionally, physically mature, and he gets to marry her. They have a beautiful family, and this man, who made all this spiritual journey, once he was ready for marriage, ended up perpetuating the line of St. Elizabeth of Hungary. So that's what we want. We want to be finished in order to start dating. Now, here's the main part of the, of the sermon. What do we do in the meantime? You also have to mature socially. And that means that if you're not ready for dating yet, you should start socializing. When you're 16 years plus, it is necessary that you want to talk to other people, to people of the opposite sex as well, in groups, but that you start learning how to get rid of that awkwardness and be courteous, polite, interesting, pleasant to other people. If there is any young people listening right now, there might be one of two reactions. One is going to be total terror and panic and thinking, I really hope my parents are sleeping through the sermon. The other option is, might be a young man or a young woman that says, I don't really care about dating. I'm fine playing my Xbox. I'm flying, hanging out with, you know, a couple guys. I don't really care about socializing. I will tell you that both are wrong. Don't be horrified. As I said, this is for your welfare. But also, if you are what they call an antisocial, and you never talk to people, and you don't socialize, that's also your duty. And yes, you should go and talk. If you're a guy, go and approach a group of people and talk to the ladies, courteously, polite, as a gentleman. Yes, you will do a ridicule of yourself a couple of times. It will be very fun for, to watch for all of us. But you'll come across those things. And if you're a girl, yes, allow yourself to be talked to other people and entertain the conversation. Again, courteously, modestly, with politeness. Oftentimes, you might let your emotions go all over the place and the guy will say like, this girl is crazy, I'm not talking to her again. Don't worry about all those things. It is necessary to train yourself to go through these things. But this is the stage to do it. Before dating, you mature socially. And that's a very good thing. This is a time where you get to have friends. This is a time where you get to meet other people. This is a time where you get to meet different characters and to enjoy the life story of other people. When you're married, there won't be time for that. You have to focus on your family. Now is the time to do that. But here we go into the part that involves all of us. You may be thinking so far, well, that doesn't concern me, I'm married. This is the part that is important for us. We as the parents, as the adults, even if we're not parents yet, we have the duty to facilitate to our young people these environments so that they can follow that holy vocation of marriage. In the same way that you facilitate someone to go to the seminary or someone to become a sister, we have to make it easy for them. 
We have to help them out so that they can find someone. If you're a parent with teenager children, there's no doubt about that. But even if you're a young couple, that maybe you have two toddlers, you just got married, also help them out. Also try to provide environments for them. Think of marriage as a boat. You're already up the boat. Throw, help out the guys that are still drifting away. If you're making, for example, a meeting at your house for games or to watch a sports event, well, not only invite your friends, think of these people in the, in the parish that maybe would enjoy hanging out, bring them in. And if you see that they're awkward young people and they're just sitting down there looking at their phones, you as a young person, young married person, go and say, hey, come over here, socialize with us. Spend, you don't say socialize, that would be weird. Spend some time with us, hang out, play this game. All of us need to do this. And my dear friends, this is a very important sermon. That's why I decided to give it today. I, as the priest, I cannot do it all. I don't have the time for it. I'm not that fun. And I also, sometimes it's not my role. If I make a meeting with young people, they're all going to be thinking, I don't want Father to be scandalized or not giving me communion tomorrow. But you can do those things. All of you. Young adults, uh, Young marriages and old marriages, everyone should do it. Everyone should try to facilitate it as much as possible. Let me end with two points. I, the sermon went a bit longer, but it's okay. I say. <laughs> For the young adults, marriage was designed by God. All the rules and prohibitions and all these things, this is the instructive that God gives you for your life and marriage. If you follow the instructions, things will have the best possible outcome. If you don't follow the instructions, you're going to have a lot more trouble. None of you would buy a piece of furniture, look at the instructions, and then say, I'm not going to follow that. I'm going to build in my own way. None of you would do that because your bed would break while you're sleeping on it. If something is designed, the designer gives you the instructions, you follow the instructions. The same thing applies for your life and for marriage. These are the instructions that God is giving you. If you follow them, things will go well. And for the rest of us who can help young people to follow these instructions, who can help them in socializing, in creating events for them, inviting them to our homes, all these things, as we continue to Mass today and we offer our Lord and we think of St. Joseph and our Blessed Mother and the baby Jesus, Think that this is an offering that you can make to God as a married adult, as someone that already has that done. Offer to God this offering of saying, Lord, I'm going to help the people that have vocation to marriage. I'm going to offer to you a new family, a new copy of St. Joseph, a new copy of our Blessed Mother, a new copy of our Lord. It is a work worth engaging in and very pleasing to God. And today, as we continue with Mass, we pray for all those people who have that vocation, that they may fulfill it in a holy and saintly way, as St. Joseph, our Blessed Mother, and our Lord showed us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen.